Value or growth? So far, the answer seems to have been growth, as this style of investing has done better for much of the past decade. But the key question now is which of these investment styles will reap the returns going ahead? So joining me today to try and answer this question and explain how he seeks value is Joe Bauernfreund, Chief Investment Officer of Asset Value Investors. Joe and his team run funds including British Empire Trust, a global investment trust which invests in other funds, holding companies and directly in shares. Joe, first of all, as there isn't a set definition of value investing, how do you go about seeking value? Well, it's a good question because value means different things to different investors. To us, value is defined by companies trading at at discounts to their net asset value which means we focus solely on a certain universe of companies where that definition is appropriate. Okay, so maybe in a bit more detail, how can you tell if a fund or an investment is undervalued? Well, the discount um, is the first thing that alerts us to whether a company is potentially undervalued. But the discount is not definitive in that sense, because sometimes the discount is there for good reason, to alert investors to a value trap or to an operationally challenged business. But when we find companies trading at discounts, we analyse further and we ascertain whether we think that the market is being inefficient at pricing these companies or whether the market is giving us a warning to stay away. Now, does the way you select a fund perhaps differ from the way you select direct shareholdings? Well, yes, it, it, it differs to an extent. When we find companies trading at discounts, The question we ask ourselves is, is the value of the underlying asset going to appreciate and will the discount narrow? And very often, in order to facilitate a narrowing of the discount, we need some form of corporate action. In the case of a fund, we can be uh, the largest shareholder in that fund and we can be a constructive shareholder, engage with boards, help steer that fund to a policy or strategy that serves to narrow the discount or eliminate the discount. When we invest in family-controlled holding companies, we never will be the largest shareholder. And as such, uh, we're looking for different types of uh, catalysts to to narrow the discount. Now, you mentioned being a shareholder fund. Do you always invest in listed funds to be able to get a discount? Yes, always listed funds. I suppose, obviously, it sounds like a good approach, but things can go wrong. So how do you try to avoid falling into value traps? Well, the way to avoid value traps is um, to do as much research as possible to understand the underlying businesses and to try and to position ourselves in situations where we think the value is going to appreciate. It doesn't always work, and sometimes uh, we do get it wrong. Mm, what, what would be an example of an investment that you got wrong? Well, one of our largest holdings currently is uh, another closed-in fund called Pershing Square Holdings. It's a position we've been building for the last... Uh, eight or nine months. And as things stand currently, uh, we were a little bit early in investing in that in that company as since the time of our investment, the share price has fallen and the discount has widened. But we've been adding to it and we still believe there's uh, a lot of value inside that in that investment. And hopefully over time that will be unlocked. Now, you um, mentioned that you also invest in holding companies. And as I understand, these are often controlled by family. Why do you go for these? Ah, we go for these um, because we think they're great investments. They have, in many cases, tremendous long-term track records that are superior to many broad uh, market indices. 
they contain within many of these holding companies high quality uh, businesses, both listed and unlisted. And the market generally is very inefficient at pricing them. And they trade at very wide discounts at various points in time. And we try to capitalize on that inefficiency by buying them as cheaply as possible and aligning our interests with the interests of families who whose objective it is to preserve their wealth and pass it on to their future generations. Okay, and why, why, why would you say the market gets it so wrong on these um, companies? It obviously sound like they've got lots of good potential. I mean, Well, a lot of these companies are, as they're controlled by families, the liquidity in the shares is less than other, other companies on the stock market. Uh, the research coverage is not as extensive as many other companies. And in addition to that, they tend to be very diversified in the nature of their holdings. And many investors today like to uh, pick their investments, their stocks, based upon certain ge- ge- geographies or sectors. And when you buy a holding company, you find that you're invested quite broadly, both in terms of geographies and in sectors. What would be an example of one of your family Well, uh, our largest uh, holding in British Empire today is an Italian holding company called Exor. Exor is controlled by the Agnelli family, and the Agnelli family were the founders of uh, the Fiat car company. Today, uh, in Exor, there are a handful of key uh, businesses, all of which will be familiar, I think, uh, to your readers. Uh, The largest asset is Fiat Chrysler. That's a listed company, and they have a substantial stake in that. Uh, They also have a substantial stake in uh, Ferrari another car company, as well as uh, a stake in Juventus uh, Football Club. Yes, uh, uh, quite a varied portfolio there. I suppose you holding, obviously, funds, holding companies and direct shareholdings. So in total, how many underlying companies does British Empire Trust have exposure to? Well, in total, it's quite a large number of companies. It's it's something like 200 companies. But uh, the top 20 underlying holding companies, make, top 20 underlying companies make up uh, roughly 40% of the total exposure. Turning to the, I suppose, these holdings, what would be an example of something you've added recently? Uh, a new investment that we made recently was a closed-end fund focused on private equity. Uh, that's Oakley Capital, where we've just announced a, a 10% stake. Uh, this is a fund that has a, a a good long-term track record in NAV terms, but in share price terms has been a disappointment to to investors. And a lot of that has come about because of uh, corporate governance issues and concerns about that. Uh, We think that today on a 30% plus discount and with signs that the board are taking corporate governance issues more seriously, uh, it's a good entry point. Now, British Empire Trust has underperformed its sector peers or its sector is, is the global investment trust sector average over one, three and five years. What are the main reasons for that? Well, I think you alluded to, um, to the main reasons uh, to that in your introduction. And it's really about the, the growth value disparity. The last few years have been all about growth. And for much of that time, it's also been about US growth. Uh, we've, we're firmly in the value camp. And we tend not to hold much uh, directly in the US. And, uh, and some of our peers are very firmly in the growth camp. And therefore, I think that explains a lot of the uh, discrepancy between the performers. Which I suppose takes us to a key question. When is value investing going to make a comeback? Well, that's a good question. And I'm not sure I have the answer in terms of timing. But I do believe that over the long term, buying companies that are fundamentally cheap 
is a sensible investment strategy. Now, you mentioned you don't have much in North America, but you do have some exposure. So why do you compare yourself to MSCI All Country World XUS index when you do, let's say, you do have some, um, if not a lot? Well, the first thing to say is that uh, as investors, we are entirely benchmark agnostic. So we pay no regard to uh, any benchmark. It's really about focusing on our universe and finding the specific opportunities that we think have the most upside. The board of British Empire needs some kind of metric with which to measure us. And on the basis that historically, uh, we've had very little in the way of US uh, investments and don't really spend much time searching for opportunities there, the board felt that the best and the most appropriate benchmark would be something that represents the geographic universe uh, where we look for investments. And that's the MSCI or Country World XUS. Okay, and how have you been doing against that index? Well, over the last one, three, five and ten years, we're now ahead of the of that benchmark. Now, you obviously quite an international trust. So what effects have currency movements been having on your returns? It's a good point. As an international trust, we have very little exposure to sterling assets, something like 95% of our um, asset ex- exposure is to non-sterling businesses. And as such, the weakness in sterling over the last couple of years has been a tailwind to our performance. And you don't ever hedge currency risk. Why is this? Well, I don't believe that equity managers such as ourselves add value consistently over the long term from hedging. And in addition, I think that UK investors looking for uh, international exposure or global exposure, one of the reasons they, they would wish to do so was to diversify currency exposure. So I think hedging just distorts that. So in terms of um, getting value, what areas look like they're good value at the moment? Well, we're finding quite a lot of opportunities in Japan. It's been an area where British Empire has boosted its its exposure quite substantially over the last year. And today we have uh, almost 20% of our assets invested in Japan. Now, you invest directly in Japan rather than via a, a Japan fund. Why, why, why direct of Japan, but not with perhaps other areas? Well, in Japan, we can find uh, direct equities that really uh, fit our style of investing. Specifically, we're looking at companies that have substantial uh, net cash balances on their balance sheet. And as investors in companies trading at discounts to net asset value, uh, we feel that cash is the primary asset. So where we can buy into companies that have so much cash and high quality operating businesses trading at implied discounts well below uh, their true value, uh, that's an exciting opportunity for us and we'd like to do it directly ourselves. Now you've actually been putting some pressure on one of your investments, Tokyo Broadcasting, to sell down cross holdings and return cash to shareholders. Has this company agreed to do this? As yet they haven't agreed. Uh, The AGM is due to take place at the end of June and shareholders will be asked to vote on our proposals then. And are you engaging of any of your other Japanese direct shareholdings? Yes, we are communicating with them, expressing our opinions, and are in dialogue with quite a few, yes. Obviously, you also invest in funds. Are you engaged as an activist investor with any of them? Yes, very much so. When we buy companies trading at discounts, the whole objective really is to try and help narrow that discount. And as a constructive investor, we are engaging in a dialogue 
uh, with many of our investee companies in which we express our views as to what they should be doing in order to unlock value for shareholders. Last year, another activist investor, Elliot, actually started to build a stake in yourselves and British Empire Trust. Do they still have their holdings? As far as I'm aware, they don't have a holding in British Empire any longer. Why did Elliot take an interest in British Empire? Well, my understanding is simply that they were able to acquire a substantial block of shares in British Empire at a wider than average discount and get exposure to our portfolio of assets that accords very much with their way of looking at uh, investment opportunities in that our portfolio was trading very cheaply. So value seekers too. Okay, thank you, Joe. A really interesting insight into the world of value investing and British Empire Trust. That brings us to the end of this interview. But see the website at www.investorschronicle.co.uk for more on British Empire Trust and value investing. Thank you for listening.